Hey loves, it's your girl Vina. Grab your wine glasses, grab your cups, sit back and get ready because I'm about to serve some juice. Hey, hey guys, what's up? It's your girl Vina and I'm back again. This is episode three, real lifetime movie or what? So when we left off of episode two, at the end, I let you guys know that I committed to a non-committed relationship. So I know some of you are probably wondering, what the hell is a committed, non-committed relationship? Ladies, right? I know y'all know what this is. Whether you say it like this or not, it's that kind of relationship where it's expected of you that you're not fucking with anybody else but that man. Fellas, y'all know what y'all be doing when y'all suck women into these kind of agreements. You don't say explicitly, you're my girlfriend, but you're giving out boyfriend perks. You're doing boyfriend type stuff. She's doing girlfriend type stuff. And it's expected that she's not going to be seeing anyone else. And that's what I had with Drummer Bay. Because if I wasn't really his girl and we were just enjoying each other, there would have been no issues with me seeing Jersey Guy, right? But obviously we know there was plenty of issue there and he was not feeling it. So this is why I said that I had the committed non-committed relationship because he never explicitly said that I was his girlfriend. At first, I didn't have the title, but everyone who knew us and was around us, all his little friends, they knew like, oh, Vina, that's your wifey, right? That's your girl. That's your boo. That's your bae. Even if he was out there fucking around with other people, whether he had other chicks showing up at gigs, they knew that his main woman was me. I don't even like that. The main woman. Some bullshit. Never again. But yeah, so that was a committed, non-committed relationship. So I'm going to just jump right into where it started to kind of go downhill. Because at first we were happy. It wasn't always the best, but we were both trying. There was definitely distrust on his part for me because of the whole Jersey guy thing. And then there were various other situations that happened between us that, of course, being the man that he is, that he would automatically assume that something was going on, but I didn't cheat on him. So the first time that I for sure found out that Drummer Bay was cheating on me, I was working overnights. I worked 11 to 7, then 7 to 3. So from Friday to Saturday, going in 11 o'clock at night and getting off 3 in the afternoon on Saturday. And then would take my ass back there like a crazy person on Sunday and work 7 to 3 and 3 to 11. So, and you know when you just feel like something is going on, you don't really have proof. You don't really know for sure, but you just got a little feeling, just a little something. So that's how I felt. See, I had just gotten off from work and I'm at his house and we're chilling. We're eating some red lobster because, you know, I like those cheddar biscuits and I just feel, I just have this weird feeling. And of course, I don't like doing this. I don't like snooping. So I go through his phone while he was sleeping. The very rare occasion that it's unlocked because that man keeps his phone like Fort Knox and he makes sure that I'm never able to get into the phone. Red flag, people. If the person that you're with acts real funny about their phone being locked, hmm. They deserve a side eye. Maybe they might be doing something, right? 
Producer Bay knows my password to my phone and I know the password to his phone. Now, does he go on my phone? No, but if he did, I wouldn't be like tripping, you know, it is what it is. I don't like people going through my phone, but I wouldn't have a whole heart attack about it, right? If he just went in there to look at something. This man never let me look at his phone. If I did, it was because he was holding it and he went to the thing that I'm trying to see so that I can look at it, right? This is how particular he was about making sure that I never went through his phone. So lucky me, it's unlocked. I take the phone with me to the bathroom, right? Have my own little covert mission going on right now. And I'm in the bathroom and I'm looking and I'm watching him and he's in the bed and I know that he's sleep, sleep. I'm like, okay, this is my moment, right? I know, I feel it, something is going on. I can go in his bathroom and I can scroll and I can look. I go to the name because this is like the last person that he had been texting. And what do I find? Them talking about how they were fucking each other and how good it was. He was cheating on me with this woman named Tamara. How I felt reading that, it really hurt my feelings because I knew I wasn't doing anything like that. I really felt hurt that, damn, while I'm over here busting my ass at work, this is what this nigga's doing? I'm thinking that, oh, he's at work, he's got a gig or whatever he's doing, and he's out fucking some other woman? Like, he was literally with her while I'm at work, this is what he was doing? So, of course, at first I don't even say anything, right? Because I don't even know what to say because I was snooping, right? I didn't just find out the information on my own. And I had never done it to him, That's what made it so bad. I could see if I was also cheating, so then maybe I wouldn't feel as bad about it. Like, yes, I could say the thing with Jersey Guy probably wasn't the most ethical situation, right? Because he didn't know about it. And I never told him. Granted, he never told me about whatever he was doing. But I can admit that maybe it wasn't the best the way I handled that, right? But I knew I wasn't explicitly just cheating on him. Because especially at that point, we weren't really committed to each other. But now when this is happening, even though, yeah, I still don't have the girlfriend title. But we are committed to each other. At least so I think. But here he is, messing with somebody else. So I don't say anything at first. And he's driving me to work and about to drop me off. But of course, I can't hold water. Now when my feelings are hurt. Because, wow, the person that I love is cheating on me. When I told him that I knew and how upset I was, I didn't feel like I deserved that. And do you know what he did? He laughed in my face. Him laughing in my face like that really made me feel like shit. And I'm sure many of you are probably wondering, girl, why the hell you didn't leave this man alone? I don't know. This would end up being the first of many things that would end up swept under the rug and somehow we would make it pass and still continue our relationship. So let's jump ahead to the summer of 2016. So I'm working at the post office as a carrier and I hate it. Shout out to all my postal workers, right? Because y'all are the real MVPs. Nobody knows what working at the post office is like unless you work there, right? That is the worst federal job For all you old timers who have been there forever, maybe y'all think it's a good job. Y'all have been on for 20 million years. It's good for you because you have a permanent shift. You're already invested. It's good for you. Anybody who has less than five years, it sucks. Don't try to work at the post office during Christmas time. Sweet baby Jesus, that is the worst time to ever work at the post office. 
Anybody who's thinking about that, let's not do that. And during this time, I decided, yo, I really need to move back to New York City because doing this back and forth is too much. Your girl is stressed. I complain about how much driving I do now for work, but at least I'm not crossing state lines (laughs) every day, every day. If I could go back in time and tell my past self, don't do this, don't move to Jersey, just hold what you got, stay in the Bronx, you'll figure it out. I would have never moved to New Jersey it wasn't the greatest area. I know. I know. Newark, Jesus. South 17th Street, no. Worst area. I had no idea. Driving back and forth or taking the train all the time. Oh my God, the ghetto. You guys don't know. But my kids went to school in the Bronx still. I was being a crazy person, taking them to school in the Bronx. Then they went to school in Queens because I switched and I was at the post office in Queens. So I'm going, taking them to school all the way in Queens and I'm living in Jersey. It's too much. I cannot. I really feel like my back is against the wall that I don't really have a lot of options, right? I did ask people about apartments. Nobody's helpful. Nah, I'm sorry. I don't know anybody. Nah, I don't got no help. So I got family here in New York, but not a lot of family, right? I got my grandmas. I have my dad. I've got my mom. I've got my stepdad. But I don't have like a large extended family here in New York, Right. Of anybody I could really reach out and say, hey, do you think I could stay with you for a little while so I can find me another place to live because this is not working for me? I didn't really have that. And I made I willingly made the choice to go stay in a shelter. What? Kavina lived in a shelter. Yes. I willingly took me and my children and stayed in the New York City shelter system for about, was it nine months? Maybe eight months. I willingly made that choice. Now, some of you will say, well, what about grandma? You told us about grandma in episode one. She didn't want me there. Rest in peace, grandma. I knew she didn't really want to share her space with anybody. So going back to her never felt like an option. Now, if I would have asked her, she probably would have told me yes. No one wants to stay anywhere and feel like, oh snap, I got to hurry up and leave because they don't really want me here. I didn't want that kind of energy on me. I talked to my mom about it. I talked to other people about it. It wasn't what they really wanted me to do, but they understood that that's what I felt like I needed to do for me. That was the best option at the time for me. Now, let me tell y'all a little bit about what the shelter is like. So when people have just a bunch of beds in one room, it is not like that. Some of the men's shelters, some are kind of like that. But for families, no, it is not like that. Now, they have different tiers and different places that they can put you. There are shelters that are in hotels. So you have a hotel room. There are shelters that are in apartment buildings. And so you have like your own apartment. You don't have a choice of where they put you. They're placing me wherever they have space at. I switched... From, I stayed at a hotel in Brooklyn. I stayed at a hotel in Manhattan. Oh, that was rough because it was hardly any parking. A second hotel in Manhattan. The final place was an apartment in the Bronx. So four different shelters. I switched from so many places because of my work schedule. Now, the shelter has a lot of rules. Some people would think, oh, you live in the shelter. You got to save your money. You can do whatever you want. No. No. Most shelters, you cannot have company. 
I really wasn't thinking about that anyway, but you'll see where I'm going with the not having company, why this can be a problem. You have to sign in and sign out by a certain time. But remember, I work at the post office. So right now I'm not a carrier anymore, right? Cause I was tired of being a carrier, but now I am a clerk. The clerk is just, is not where it's at either. Maybe this would be better because I have nobody on my back telling me how fast I need to walk in these crazy queen streets. Everybody got the same damn name. Worst barrow. I go to work at 1 a.m. I'm getting off at 1 p.m. Then I'm going to Queens to pick up my kids, then heading back home. But home is the shelter. So if I have to be to work at 1 a.m., what do y'all think happens to my kids? They have to have a babysitter, right? But remember, we're not allowed to have visitors. So nobody could come there to watch my children. So I have to leave at a decent time to get them to a sitter. And at this point, Drummer Bay's sister is watching my children. Not for free. I'm paying her in case y'all think, oh, she's saving money. No, I'm paying this woman. You know, because his sister, she's helping me with my kids as much as she can. And for that, I'm definitely grateful because I did not know anybody who would be able to watch my children So I got to get to Queens, drop my kids off, do homework, fix some dinner, get enough sleep, then get up, go to work. I usually get up around 11 o'clock so that I can leave the house around 12, drive to work. Drummer Bay would take them to school. Then I would pick them up from school and do this all over again. In between, I would still have to go to the shelter and sign in because you got to be signed in by six o'clock. Right? Because they're thinking most people got nine to fives. Not only do I have to get a letter from my boss, right? Do you know how embarrassing that is? And then people give you that look because now they're judging. And you know, people want to be so nosy, want to ask. So I get my letter, take it to the shelter, like, look, okay, not our problem. Because at first they're not believing me. I'm like, where do y'all think I'm going? <laughs> y'all think I'm going to leave out of here to go somewhere? Like, I'm not going to shake my ass anywhere. I'm going to work. So I do this back and forth of signing in, signing out. If I'm going too long, then they think, oh, she has some place to go. No, I don't have any place to go. That definitely took a toll on me. I'm just trying to hang in there. I just want to provide a good life for myself and for my kids. That's it. Nobody except those really close to me, like my best friend, my mom, my dad, or one of my bosses knew. But outside of that, my associates because you know your girl Vina don't really have a whole lot of friends in New York City nobody knew that I was living in the shelter at this point I am living in a shelter in the Bronx which actually was the best one that I stayed at because it was an actual apartment like one big ass room with a kitchen area a bathroom two bunk beds and a dresser and a little table my kids slept on one bunk bed I slept on the other side And it was good for me because, yo, I could actually cook there. All the other places were hotels. So I spent a lot of money eating, eating out or trying to cook at, um, at other people's houses. Through all of this, me and Drummer Bay, we're still together and we've got our issues, but we're trying to hang in there. And, you know, I always knew that he had an anger problem, you know, that he had a temper. I had never really seen it up close and personal. But I don't even remember what the argument was about. I remember we were sitting in his in the car and we were talking. And then next thing you know, he hit me in the face. 
And it wasn't like an open palm hit. It was him balling up his fist and punching me in the face. And I was so stunned. All I could do was immediately cry. You know how some people will say, oh, I'm never going to let a dude hit me. That could never be me. I was one of those women. But it's not until it actually happens, do you ever really know what you're going to do in that situation. I got out the car and I was running down the street and I was crying and hysterical because I couldn't believe that he hit me in the face. And anybody who listens to this and thinks, oh, nah, this is not possible. It happens. There's probably somebody you know in your life who may be going through it right now. And for anybody who could probably figure out and knows who Drummer Bay is, oh fucking well, it is what it is. I'm not looking for any of y'all sympathy or for y'all to start hitting me up in my DMs of, oh, why you talking about him like that? This is my podcast, bitches. I'm gonna say what I want. (laughs) But I just couldn't believe that this was what was happening, that this was where my life was at at that point, that I was with somebody that I knew had anger issues, but I never saw it before. But here I am in a relationship where I'm still not his actual girlfriend, right? I don't think I have that title yet that I'm his girlfriend. Ugh. I won't lie. Like right now, where I'm at in my life, the title matters. The story continues and I'm still, I was still his girlfriend. Still hadn't broken up with him, people. I, I don't even I don't even know. I, I don't even know why. I can't tell you. I can't remember what exactly I was thinking at this point. Of why I was still with him. That why did I love him that much that I still stayed. Let's jump to December 2016. And my clumsy ass falls down the stairs at his house. And I break my ankle. You know, my silly ass didn't think it was broken. I'm thinking, oh, it's okay, right? I just need an ace bandage. I just need to wrap it, right? Put some ice on it. I'll be okay. I couldn't even pick myself up off the ground. Drummer Bay had to pick me up, put me in the car, and take me to Jamaica Hospital because I was literally felt like I was dying. When they took my boot off, because you know, your girl fly, and I had on some knee-high boots, right? When they took my boot off and cut my leggings, (gasps) whoa, it hurt so bad. (laughs) It hurt so bad. I called my mom, because you know, I'm a mama's girl, right? I love you, daddy, but I'm a mama's girl. I called my mom. Yo, Mama D was ready. That lady was ready to get on whoever's train to come to that hospital for me. She was ready, but I didn't want her to be on nobody's train. And I was like, no, it's okay, but I'll take you here in spirit and on the phone with me. It hurt so bad because when I had to x-ray it, do you know they have to press the bone down? It hurt so bad. They literally had to press my leg down so that they can get a proper x-ray now the doctor told me right she was so nice she said okay this is going to hurt more than it already hurts i have to press your leg down in order to x-ray properly i said okay she said you can hold my hand scream if you need to so now you know i get scared right i'm already worried like wait a minute what is about to happen and she's she counts down and she said okay is we about to do it And she presses my leg down. I saw the ancestors. (laughs) I was done. (laughs) I was done. Drummer Bay flew in that room so daggone fast. Because he thought they was killing me. Because I was screaming my head off. 
There was tears, ugly tears, right? This was the ugly cry rolling down my face, a little snot coming out of my nose. I'm not cute at all and I don't even care. I was dying. Teeth pain? Oh my God. Broken anything? No, I'm not strong enough. I will go through labor over breaking anything or having an excruciating tooth pain. They're done with the x-rays. I get a little handy dandy cast. They give me some morphine. So, you know, now I'm super high and I'm not feeling anything. My life is more difficult now because now I'm on crutches and I could barely move around and I feel like I'm dying and I'm on perks and I'm trying not to be high, but I need the I need it because the pain is too much. But of course, remember, I still live in the shelter. I cannot do what I want, right? I can't just stay there with Drummer Bay and be all laid up with the pillows popping up my leg and just dying slowly trying to get it together in the house. I can't do that. I still got to go sign in, right? They allow you to stay two days away. Anything over two days, they say, oh, this person got someplace to live. We're signing you out because I didn't sign in in time. This is how I got caught up and got moved around from another shelter. This is why I was in my fourth one. So I don't want this to happen to me again, right? Because I'm so close to finding an an apartment. I don't want to get lost in a shuffle and have to move again. So my little hurt ass got to go all the way back to the Bronx, bring them my doctor's paperwork. They got to see me dying, hobbling on my crutches. And I asked for permission. Yes, a grown woman got to ask permission from the shelter. Like, hey, can I stay at this address, right? Because I need help. I can't even go to work. So they tell me, okay, I still got to come back and sign in every two goddamn days. So that's what I did for months. But let me jump to the end of December. What am I doing New Year's Eve? I am sitting in his sister's house, looking all cute up, cute. From the waist up, right? (laughs) Ankle propped up on pillows. And this is my life. By the beginning of 2017. Now y'all know I'm the detective. AKA Queen FBI. And I can always sense when something is up. I started noticing more calls and texts than usual. Because I pay attention to everything, right? I always see when a new name pop up that I didn't see before. She not my friend. Oh, she your friend? Okay, that's cool. She a work friend? Y'all doing gigs together? Who is this person? Fellas, ladies, if your significant other has somebody calling their phone at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., are you not going to be suspicious? Are you not going to think, hmm, who is this person? I don't know them. And they're not my friend. And they're not our friend. So who is this person checking up on my man or my woman at so late of an hour? There's a new woman on the scene known as Shantae. But of course, like the smooth talker that he would always be, he would say, oh, that's nothing. She's just a friend. Deep down, I knew it was a lie. Especially when I saw that he had to do not disturb on Shorty's name. You only need that when you're trying to hide something. Because at first he had nothing. But once I mentioned her, and I mentioned her more than once, he put that do not disturb. So yeah, he still gets her calls. He still gets her texts. But there's no sound. So there's nothing alerting me that she's calling or she's texting. But clearly, you know, he must have thought I was dumb. 
Honestly, I was because he gave me countless reasons why I shouldn't be in this relationship. But somehow, here I was, still in it. I don't know. I guess I felt like he was a decent man because he was holding me down when, while my ankle was broken, I didn't work. I didn't get any workers comp or anything from the post office. He was still there for me. Wasn't nobody else thinking about me or helping me. Maybe that's why I stayed. That even though there was little shit that he was doing and I'm like, okay, this is not okay. There was still a big chunk of things that he was doing that kept me around. Moving forward, I finally get a new apartment. And it's in Brooklyn, Bedford-Stuyvesant. That's how people always know that I'm not from Brooklyn, right? Because I don't always say Bed-Stuy, right? I always say, oh yeah, I live in Bedford-Stuyvesant. And then people look at me like, oh, she ain't from goddamn Brooklyn. <laughs> she said the whole name. <laughs> That's how you know somebody is a whole transplant. I'm so freaking happy that I'm getting a new apartment, right? I'm thinking, okay, my life is going to get back to some semblance of normalcy. And I'm still on goddamn crutches. It's really hard to walk on a boot without crutches. My leg had no muscle. Like, my calf had no muscle in it when I moved to the boot. It felt like a baby's calf. The muscle is, like, non-existent. It's so soft. The little legs are so soft. That's when my calf felt like I was disgusted with myself. <laughs> that it felt so gross. So, life seems to be going good because I'm back in my own place. But there's always that lingering feeling that something is going on. That something is Shantae. Drummer Bay is having a whole little relationship with Shantae. He always wants to say, oh, she's just a friend. I felt like a crazy person trying to figure out exactly what was going on. I mean, I was really doing the most at this time. So I'm looking at his Facebook and I'm looking at the names of anybody who may, who does likes. Because remember, I know her name is Shantae, but I don't know her whole name. I'm looking at anybody who does the little love caption on Facebook. I'm going to their page because, you know, it's never any men, Harley, who are loving something. It's always women. So I'm going to their page and I'm reading up on them. I'm seeing if he's left any messages and if there's any comments. And ladies, we know what the type of comments that we leave for guys when we like them, right? When we're interested. We know the type of emojis that we use when we're interested in somebody. So I'm watching his lives. I'm looking at the comments, any reactions that people are doing, anything so I can get a name. And that's all I need. Once I know her whole name, I can find out anything. Because guess what? <laughs> Your girl is queen FBI. And once I finally got her name, what else did I have? I have phone number and I had her address because I find out everything. I probably wouldn't have found out for a little while if I hadn't started digging. And, yo, my life really felt like something that you would see on Lifetime. You know, those crazy Lifetime movies. That That's what my life was like. And I used what I learned, and I confronted her. I didn't roll up on her, guys. Even though I wanted to. I wanted to see her in person. But instead, I just called. And, of course, at first, she didn't believe me. I never understand that. I think this is something that women need to work on. We'll be really quick to believe what the man is saying than a fellow woman. I know women lie, but if a woman is calling you 
and letting you know like, hey, what's going on with you and Jumma Bay? Because this is my man. And I noticed something is going on between you. This was like a Hey Shirley conversation, right? <laughs> and I'm trying to find out what exactly is going on. So, of course, she didn't believe me. For almost seven months, he carried on a relationship with her. And she definitely seems heartbroken. I felt a little bad about that. Slightly. Because I felt worse for myself because I had already had so much time and energy and emotions and everything invested in this man. But I felt a little bad for her because I could tell she really cared about him. And maybe part of her loved him. Not as bad as I felt for myself. And of course, she wanted to call Drummer Bay and confront him. And me being such a good, dutiful girlfriend, I told her no. I wasn't going to call because I knew he was away at a gig. I knew she would get on, you know, as soon as she got off the phone with me, that she would call him or text him something. So, of course, she did exactly what I thought she would do. And she called him. You know this Negro really had the nerve to be upset with me? Like, what did you think that I was going to do once I got the information that I wanted, right? What you thought I was going to do? Just confront you about it? You know who your girlfriend is, right? Because now, you know, guys, I finally got the title, right? Ugh. And he claimed he didn't really like her. He was seeing her because what I had done with Jersey Boy. Like, can you believe it? All this time, he was still upset over what happened in Jersey. Like, he was never really over it. This happened at the end of 2015. All of 2016 passed. Guys, we're in 2017 now. And now, so a whole year and some change has gone by. And he has had this whole relationship with this woman just because of something that happened in Jersey. If you really felt this type of way, shouldn't you have left me alone? He told me that he did all of this on purpose. He wanted me to feel like how he felt. And that really bothered me. Because I couldn't believe, like, to go through something, like, to do all of this, to this magnitude, to get involved with this woman and have her have feelings for you and do all of this so that eventually you know that I'm going to find out. Like, he knew that I was going to find out the type of woman that I am. That very little gets past me. That I would eventually find out. You dragged this unsuspecting woman into this for no reason, right? So you hurt her. But then to do this to me, he said that he really loved me. And us going through that with the guy in Jersey, that that broke his heart. But him seeing Shantae all this time, I felt like he shattered me. This felt like the worst thing that I had ever gone through with a man. Like this was worse than Southern Bay. This felt worse than the stuff that even he had done. Because then I was able, I was hurt, but I was able to bounce back. Southern Bay, he hurt me and I was upset and I was angry, but I was able to get over it. With this, with Drummer Bay, I felt shattered. Because even though with all our issues, I really was, I really was in it. Like, I really loved him. So to have him, to have him orchestrate this whole everything just to get back at me 
I really thought, yo, this dude is crazy. <laughs> like, this guy is crazy. He he alone that something is wrong with him. You know, something is wrong with him. And I thought, okay, now that I confronted him and we had a whole, you know, thing about it. You know, I thought this was it, right? No, 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 no. This is not the end. Okay, guys. Well, this was the end of part one of this story. If you want to hear the rest of this juice, make sure you stay tuned next week for part two. Make sure you like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your homies, tell your aunties and them, even the people you don't really fuck with. Tell them about the show. Make sure you hit my DMs with all your comments, your questions, even your gripes. And guess what? You'll probably end up on the episode. Bye.